what the hell story are you writing? The story that I was writing when I was, you know, a corporate litigator working 80 hours a week was pretty <laughs> cliche, to be honest. Then you realize that, no, actually the thing that you're doing as the side hustle, which is like workout and fitness and running is really the thing that really excites you. I was writing my journal and I just wrote, I'm not done yet. I guess the, the journey was in creating myself into a version of a superhero. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, I am really excited today. We have one of my favorite people, and you'll know, you know, you'll know who this is. Uh, I'm just so excited to have this person here, Robin Arzon. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited <coughs> to chat with y'all today. Robin needs absolutely no introduction at all. And, you know, I just wanted to say, this was my way of discovering Robin, right? Um, Go back in time, 2019, uh, I had my first kid, Indra was born, she's now four years old. We had moved into this house because our previous apartment couldn't really have a place for like a baby. We set up a gym, Sriram bought this Peloton, and I was like, what do I do with this thing? And he was like, no, we're setting up our home gym, you have to go try this, this is all the rage, you just have to like do this. I'm like, okay, postpartum, getting on this, this bike, and the first person, the image that flashes on the screen is Robin, right? I'm like... I like her. I yeah, I can I can get behind this thing and I switch on this thing. It's a 20 minute hit class. I do it. And you know, I'm not a I, you know, I'm not big into cycling at that point. So I'm like, "Okay, I don't know. This just feels like a fake workout." But then I finish this whole thing and I'm like, "This is awesome." And I love Robin. Who is this woman? I you know, she's like she's I I could empathize a lot with you. I I you know, you it was just this amazing energy just popping off the screen. So I went and looked you up. I saw your 2015 book called Shut Up and Run. I've always identified myself as a runner. I've run many marathons. So I get this book and I read it and it just blew me away. And I'm like, where has this woman been all my life? And so Robin, in that book, you talk about transformation. You go from this office job, this career that you thought you wanted, you're there, you're doing this. And then you realize that, no, actually the thing that you're doing is this side hustle, which is like workouts and fitness and running is really the thing that really excites you. Talk to us about transformation, going from who you were, from a person, from career to what you do, where you are now. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for that really generous introduction. Um, you know, I, I think we're constantly living reinvention stories. I just woke up the other day and I just, I was writing my journal and I just wrote, I'm not done yet. And it was such a declarative statement that like, I think from the outside looking in, when folks see an achievement, it's like, oh, you got an amazing, you have an amazing podcast or you got married or you have a kid or you, you, we have these things that punctuate our lives externally. And sometimes those are meaning makers, but I find it much more interesting and exciting to look inward and say like, what the hell story are you writing? And the, the story that I was writing when I was, you know, a corporate litigator working 80 hours a week was pretty <laughs> cliche, to be honest. Again, external accolades, achievements from the world saying you've made it, especially as a, the first Latina in a lot of these spaces. You know, my family was super, super proud. But I had this thread that I needed to pull on, which was movement and running. And I had no idea how I was going to monetize that. I mean, it felt like such a pipe dream. I might as well have said, I'm going to become, you know, go touring with Beyonce. Like it was like completely <laughs> off of what <laughs> my skill set at the time reflected. Yeah. Um, and so I guess 
I guess the, the journey was in creating myself into a version of a superhero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really love superhero lore. I grew up with Shira and those kind of cartoons back in the day. And yes, exactly. I yeah. see. Yep. I see but Superman. Bunch of stuff um, in here. I love that stuff. And the ways in which we can be enthralled with those stories, I feel like there are glimpses of that that we can kind of refract into our own lives. And I started creating when I was a lawyer, what I call a superhero toolkit. And, you know, in that it's journaling, vision boarding, breath work, movement, you know, the ba- it's really stuff that's accessible to all of us. But I started doing it really intentionally, like literally putting it in like an invisible toolkit in my back pocket and figuring out how I could slowly, iteratively leave a corporate litigation practice and architect something else. And I didn't know what that something else was. And so that's um, where really journaling and vision boarding became super, super crucial tools for me because it allowed me to dream, like just dream. It's like, what does a yes even look like? And I don't think folks take enough time to unpack what yeses look like in their lives. We're on autopilot um, so much of the time that that was a really exciting, hard (laughs) most exciting things are also hard um, time for me. And that was when I started, you know, creating with the book proposal for the book you mentioned, Shut Up and Run. I started, I was training runners. I was running, uh, training for 50 mile ultra marathons. I was just steeped in the ultra world specifically at that time. I was also teaching spin classes at a local studio in New York City. I was just like anyone who would be willing to listen about my passion for movement. I was just throwing myself in those environments. And then also willingly storytelling on social media and kind of seeing how I could leverage that storytelling. And this is kind of in the nascency of influencer marketing before it was even called that. And, you know, I really say my, my life changed after I stopped accepting free running shoes as payment for quote unquote, pick your brain coffee shop talks with some of, you know, I was some of these larger athletic brands were kind of paying attention to what was happening on social media on my accounts and my, and my teammates accounts. (laughs) <laughs> we were giving them a lot of ideas for campaigns and I'd be like, wow, I would see a commercial and be like, wow, that's pretty, uh, that kind of looks like what the run we did six months ago at, on midnight at midnight on the Williamsburg bridge. Um, and so I realized I took my billable hours model from law and I just applied it to this new passion. And I said, if you want my ideas, you're gonna have to pay for them. And I, I you know, I got no's, but then I started to distill define what the right yeses were and what a yes even was. So that is, I guess, the long answer to your question. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Amazing. Uh, uh, amazing. Amazing. When I was looking at, uh, if there's a superhero origin story, right? I think the origin story is just starting. But you know, if you just look at just, you know, just some of the highlights, right? Like everyone obviously knows you, you know, at Peloton um, as head instructor. Uh, probably, I would say, probably easily the most famous visible. Uh, if there's a face of the company, I think you are it. I, I, I don't think it's an uh, uh, overstatement to say that. But you're a multi-time New York Times bestseller. You have a masterclass, which is amazing. Highly recommend that. Uh, we're also going to talk about Swagger Society and what you're doing in Web3. We're going to um, uh, get to that too. But you know, I think uh, I, I think for a lot of people, uh, they see you through social media and they three obviously do your classes or in my case, huff and puff your way through your class and kind of like die. <laughs> off on the side in a pool of sweat and just groan for a little bit. But but just walk me through, like, what does a week in your life 
look like? What do you eat? What does training <laughs> uh, look like? How are you so energetic, like all the time? I might seem a bit like a stalker because I, I hear these questions. I'm like, I know, I know exactly, because <laughs> I follow you so much. And for me, one of the things is I love how authentic you are. Like you know, initially when I was like taking your classes, I'm like, there is no way this person is exactly the way she is outside of the screen. But you actually are. It is. That's me, girl. That's me. I can't. I can't <laughs> fake the funk. Um, so a week in the life. So I am currently pregnant with baby number two on the eve of having baby number two. Um, but you know, I have been very, very grateful to feel very strong this pregnancy. And my schedule now is not. It's pretty much the same as it is always. Uh, I train six days a week, two to three hours a day. That is inclusive of my teaching schedule. So at Peloton, I'm there four to five times a week, depending on what's going on. Some live classes, some classes that we're banking for our library or special artist series or things that might be released later in the calendar year um, <clears throat> folded into that. I also have an executive function. So um, I'm vice president of fitness programming as well as an instructor. So I'm in front of the camera and behind the camera. I work, um, I report to our chief content officer. So part of Peloton on the content side is run very much like a television network. So we've got live TV, we've got producers, we've got many, many, many folks making that magic happen. And then of course, I'm also a teammate and a, and a leader to our instructor team globally. Um, you know, just under 60 instructors globally across all of our modalities and super, super proud of that team. The um, non Peloton pieces of my business, I work with, agents, you know, folks either in my book publishing business, I have an empowerment journal coming out this fall. I have product lines that are going to be launching this year and next that I've been designing and co-designing both in the parenthood and motherhood space and in the lifestyle space. It's anything from meetings to that design feedback, photo shoots, press. I have a press team that I work with. So, you know, my week is often punctuated with photo shoots, press commitments, um, creating social content for any of those various silos that I mentioned. Um, and then, you know, kind of the Robin NYC piece of it, that, which was really the kernel and the genesis and the ground floor of all of it. I try to maintain on my web two platforms. Um, I want to continue to create conversations, right? So um, sometimes it's more entertaining. Sometimes it's more educational and informative, but it's always in line with, where my head's at and what the emotional heartbeat of my North star is feeling that social media piece of it is, is always literally coming from, you know, in between my ears. So that's a little bit of my, of, of a week. That is, I am tired. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always wanted to ask you this, uh, which is uh, we do a show, you know, we used to do the live version. We do a podcast and the Peloton instructors, and you have so many amazing people, right? Like Cody, Kendall, like so many folks, uh, Alex, and uh, uh, many, many others. And it's always amazing to me how they're doing many things, right? First, obviously, there's a workout, the actual core workout happening. Uh, they're obviously all really entertaining, engaging personalities, professionals in their craft. You're also putting on a show that is storytelling. <laughs> there is yeah. music, there's entertainment. There's entertainment. Yeah. There's up and down. There's motivation. So, if you had to teach me, and I have nowhere near the fitness level of any one of you, but if you had to teach me or any of us, like what is, makes a good instructor? What makes for a great class? What would be the recipe? Listen, the ground floor is um, a passion and an expertise and a point of view. 
from a wellness perspective, right? Like nobody could join our team without that. But that's right. a basic, right? Like you right, can, well, so there are a lot of yeah. fitness experts <laughs> in the world, yeah. um, but not all of them can do what we do, which is basically hosting the show, hosting a podcast, being engaging, being entertaining, unscripted while sprinting or lifting weights or in a downward dog, right? And that is maintaining camera engagement, holding space for pauses and emotion on the other side of the screen. It's interacting with that red light as if it's millions of people, but also it's your mom, your neighbor, your sister, your brother, your kid. So there's a warmth and an intimacy that scales, um, which is a very interesting dynamic that we've <laughs> unpacked over the years. And, um, you know, it's someone who is both real, but aspirational. And that's also like a, you know, every instructor I think approaches that, that those aspects of their, of their performance job delivery, you know, in their own unique way. But I say like, we find the right people who are lit up, you know, cause it, you could, you, so we audition folks obviously in front of the camera and what someone can do for 20 minutes is very, very different than what someone can do in their 10,000th class when they've got a screaming toddler or they just got in a fight with their partner or that you know, life, life, life. But when we are in that space, we are holding space. And then the only way you can authentically continue to hold that space is if your impetus for it, if your, if your appetite for it was genuine in the first place, which is, which is why it's not a cast of actors and actresses. It's folks who really want to live it. So instead of practicing, what we preach, we preach what we already practice. And I think that that makes the content always available to us because it's like this, I live this, I live this. I just happen to have a camera in front of me when I do it. <laughs> One thing I've always been curious about, is, you know, especially through the pandemic, right? Um, there was a, you have this massive studio, there's new Peloton studio, but then COVID hit and then it all became like at home remote. How do you get the feedback loop? You know, if you're like doing a class, there's no like real audience in there. You're just talking to a camera, performing in front of a camera. What does it mean? I think when you take a coaching, a fitness instructor or a coach who's with you in the gym, there is this feedback loop. But when you're teaching this mass class in front of a camera, how do you rely on whether it's working, not working for you to get like motivation from it? We've been developing that skill set since we started Peloton because we've always had classes. We've always filmed some some subset of our classes with nobody in the room. So um, thankfully, that's a skill set that we've long been developing because we definitely needed it for a while there. Um, and we continue to film classes with nobody in the room, as well as having members in our New York City and our and our London studios, our European studios. The feedback loop, you know, I think that that comes from knowing viscerally what it feels like to do the workout on the other side and then physically doing it in the moment, right? I think that is honestly like part of the secret sauce is that we actually do it. Like I take I take Peloton content personally in my in my own workout every single day as a member, right? So like I know <laughs> how things are going to land because I know I'm experiencing it. It's like I know what a burpee really feels like or a sprint or it's about an you know, interval, you know? And then of course I'm you know, when we're teaching, we're, we're physically doing it as well. Um, but that I think is the most important feedback loop is that we are, you know, if somebody's a owner of a restaurant, you better be eating the food. <laughs> when somebody watches, I think all of your instructors, but definitely, you know, yours, 
you bring such high energy and passion, which obviously even here, like you don't figure it's you, um, you know, uh, people are going to you know, get their crowns on. And I am curious, right? Like, has there ever been classer moments where you were like, oh, I just said something, but then you were like, a lot of people reached out to you and like, oh, that connected because, and you learn from that in a surprising way. Like what have been moments where you've said something or done something and then you're like, wow, I didn't know that thing that I did. That's the thing that resonated yeah. with you all. Uh, and it just wound <laughs> up, you know, you're like, huh, that really worked. That you know, I got a lot of DMs about it or it could be any sort of, like, have, has it ever happened to you? <laughs> it happens all the time because I completely <laughs> blank out in class. So I actually have no like I, I fr of course I plan the class I plan the playlist like instructors do all of that that's not done for us um and there might be themes like like oftentimes the themes come from like what I've journaled that, the night before or that morning or what I thought of in my own run because I always do my own workout before I teach on the Peloton platform that's just like how I get my head right and get my energy oftentimes I'm, I'm thinking I'm pulling on threads that I'm noodling about um so I might have in my notes like just little bullets, like think themes that I want to talk about. And, and then I forget what I even said. So it's oftentimes after the class that I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot I even said that. Or somebody will like, sh actually my EA played a game with me the other day where he was, you know, like who, it was a, who said it. And I was guessing which instructor said it. And he put in some of the things that I've said in classes. And I was like, Sounds like something I did. I? I don't know. Is that me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it happens all the time. I will say, you know, what sometimes the simplicity of some of the things that I've said uh, l land more uh, readily, and that sometimes is surprising. It's like the basic thing, like have you know, did you drink a glass of water today? And I'm like, of course you did. Like everybody knows that, but then it'll that'll be the thing that is, is sticky. <laughs> How about, you know, when you got pregnant and going through pregnancy and then having the baby postpartum, did you have, like, for me, I think our kids are pretty similar age. Um, for me, it was like, oh my God, she's living my life. She's going through this whole thing with me. Like, I felt this, like, she knows what I'm doing. She knows what, and when you're like, I know you're probably feeling tired. You probably threw up this morning, but hey, you got to like pay rent. You just have to like show up and just do this. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let me <laughs> kind of do this. But did you have this like whole other world open up of like other women who are going through this and reaching out to you, DMing you, being like, I'm going through the same thing. Like, what, did anything change when, you know, through the pregnancy process, through like having a baby and all of that? Part of the beauty of, of social media and like be, living, being my brand and living my brand is that my life events are just another way to engage the audience. And I try to be mindful that when I'm in a season of my life, not all of my content is only about that. Like, you know, when I was getting married to my husband, it wasn't all of a sudden a wedding channel, you know, like I'm pregnant, but it's not only a baby channel, right? But I am still honest about the experiences and the chapters of my life that I'm living. That's a really exciting piece of connection for sure. And it's nice to see my, my existence shifts paradigms sometimes, especially as someone who continues to like nine months pregnant, lift really heavy weight and train six days a week. And um, that's appropriate for me and my body and I'm unapologetic about it, but it's really important for me to m model what that potential could look like for someone. And then they can take a, gr a grain of that, a grain, a shade of that and bring it into their own lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. It shocks so many people. I, I remember seeing it. Like, I think you posted on your Instagram and stuff being like, 
it's totally fine for me this works great you should do what's right for you but th there's no such thing as like you can't lift weights when you're pregnant and you were just like really forthcoming about it which i really appreciated which was just awesome you know switching topics a little bit i wanted to talk about being a founder a lot of our listeners on this on, on our show are people who are who have started companies starting companies tech whichever they're globally distributed um and for you you know one you've had this career shift going from like this this office job to like starting over but then you know you just mentioned your day in the life of or your your average week you're starting so many new things do you get excited about being a founder like many times <laughs> over or is it scary? Uh, how, how is the feeling? I mean, it's both and, right? I think we can live continuously in that both and. It is really exciting. And it's interesting because, so <clears throat> creating Swagger Society, which is totally distinct from my Peloton role, you know, it's, 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 it's totally like, a, it's my, it's a sidecar for me. Uh, I'm going to maintain my presence at Peloton and that's where my fitness instruction lives. This is not Peloton and web three. So there's no special announcement there today, but, um, but with Swagger Society, so this is, so I initially became interested in web three through the art world. And I, my husband and I, who my husband is CEO of Swagger Society, um, really thought, okay, how can we go deeper with our most engaged members as part of this <laughs> ever-shifting web through creator economy and i thought i really thought back to when i was in between leaving law and writing my book and um, doing some of the more substantive projects that you know i'm affiliated with now i had like a year where i was just living in new york city trying to figure it out and i started doing workshops for folks it was journaling workshops vision boarding workshops um i was doing um breath work workshops and so these were all, basically the superhero toolkit that i mentioned earlier i wanted to just i was like wow i've got this like thing that i have now just discovered of course i'm not the first one to discover these principles and, and, and tools but i wanted to really engage with folks in community who also wanted to go a little deeper. And so part of Swagger Society, which is a lifestyle membership club, one of the first in Web3, part of the purpose of it is to really become people's accountability partner. And the underpinning is, you know, goal setting and habit tracking and using how I've educated myself and, and I'm a subject matter expert in, in a lot of these things and kind of infusing Swagger Society with that, with that framework, but also the toolkits, the habit trackers that I've created for myself that I'm now I'm going to share with the subset of this community and the premium membership side and get back to those workshops. So um, with Swagger Society, we're going to have gated content, um, monthly calls with me where I'm going to be basically like going back to those workshop roots where I'm going to be going into folks goal setting and, and habits and seeing how we can optimize and architect our next level both within community and then, you know, we're kind of revealing more of that toolkit. Some of that I infused into my masterclass, which is one of the reasons that masterclass was so exciting for me because I was able to kind of actually articulate and create a framework for some of this stuff that just lives in between my head, um, in between my ears. Um, and then now with Swagger Society, you know, it's, it's going to be a really exciting time for me to kind of revisit these concepts in community with my most engaged followers. And, you know, our loyalty program, what we call, we're calling Swagger Points, is going to be, you know, reflected kind of in the kingdom that we've created. So the whole idea behind the iconography or the visual representation of Swagger Society is that we're building a kingdom. 
and that folks crown themselves when they get their PFP. We worked with Molly Dixon for with some really, really amazing dynamic, bold art that is specifically inclusive. We have male, female, and non-binary folks represented in the artistry. And I want folks to step in to that regal essence, but then be willing to do the work. So I think the ideal member for Swagger Society is somebody who is curious about their next level, wants to engage in community, is perhaps fiercely independent in their day-to-day -day life, but doesn't necessarily want to be all the time. And what we're creating is a golden Rolodex of hustlers. So what we're seeing with the first mint of our original crowns, we're calling them the OCs, um, are folks who are just wanting to like roll their sleeves up and are excited. Not only some of the folks are like, I have, I don't even have a wallet, you know, like I just want, I'm into this thematically or visually, or I love Robin. And then some of the folks of course are <clears throat> kind of native web three <laughs> junkies. Um, but we want to build bridges. I, I, I don't want to be exclusive, which is why, you know, even the first mint, you didn't need a wallet. You, you could just go to swaggersociety.io and, and, and buy it. The premium members will be the subset of the community that, you know, really have that that workshop with me and really have that gated content. I'm creating content that is only for Swagger Society. And then we have, of course, exclusive merchandise and, and brand partnerships that we're going to be rolling out throughout the year, years. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited. So yeah, the long answer to your question is it's scary being a founder, but when you see something that, especially in the Web3 world, is <laughs> very white and very male, I said, I'm just going to build my own table. I'm not even worried about pulling my seat up to yours. I'm just going to build my own kingdom. So swaggersociety.io, how do people join? Like, that's the thing I yeah, want to know. So swaggersociety.io is our site. We are on uh, Instagram at Swagger Society. We are, you can join our Discord, our Twitter. We're kind of everywhere the conversations are happening. And of course, I'm Robin NYC, and I'm always... Um, engaging conversation too, but the, the hub of combo is going to be really, I would say our discord and our IG are probably the places where people can find us most readily That's and, awesome. and Twitter. It's just so fascinating just kind of hear you talk about this because, uh, you know, like there are a lot of people, you know, who are very fit on Instagram, right? But, um, and I think what's so remarkable about your story is, you know, in an alternative timeline, somebody it just is focused on wellness and they have a community and they stop there. But you're so uh, inspiring because you've gone on, you're, you're an author, multi-time author, you know, you've done kids books, you obviously, you're now launching um, a Swagger Society, you have a masterclass, because your core base is still Peloton and wellness and fitness, but now you're kind of branching out in all these different ways. Uh, how do you think about how and why to pick up a project because we have a lot of creators in our audience and their core thing could be say gaming or their core thing could be something else and sometimes they're figuring out okay how do i you know expand and you know you obviously transcended that you are i really think you're a mainstream personality right like you announced i saw you announced your pregnancy on you know on a, a national television you are uh, you obviously transcended that how do you think about that in terms of what to pick on? And if you are a creator or somebody watching this, what advice would you have for them? Like I mentioned, I made a declarative statement in my journal just a few weeks ago. I'm not done yet. I will not allow people to box me in. And that comes with, you know, 
you've got core members, you've got o OCs, OGs, you know, original followers who are like, oh, but I wish you would just stick to this kind of content. Or, you know, when they say the athletes should just shut up and dribble, you know, or shut up and run. We get that. We get that because people are like, hey, you folks should stay with tech, right? Yes, and, yes, uh, exactly. And and it's it's this thing where it's like we you know we moved from India to Seattle then San Francisco, most people in our cohorts like settle down, do this one thing, do it really well, you know have this like really good life. It's tech jobs, that's kind of it. Yes, we do that, but it also like doing this this content. It's the one project that we both do together, and it gives us so much energy that we can translate back into our personal lives, into our work. It almost complements each other. And I'm I try to think about like what would we do if we didn't have this? Like we would miss all of that. I don't know if it's the same for you. Well, that's that's exactly what you're drilling into, and that's what I would tell other creators is pay attention to the unexpected moments of flow. Like, I know I'm going to get in a flow state if I go for a run, if I'm lifting weights. Like, I know how to channel, you know, get into a meditation and, you know, get into that beta state, right? But what is amazing to me is how I can get in flow states when I'm meeting with, you know, the Sparkle Society fire starters or when I'm literally just drawing stick figures because of the merchandise I want to create. And I'm like, okay, how do I get this out visually, you know? So there are, we don't have to be just one thing. And... I, I truly am allergic to this idea that we will be boxed in by other people's expectations. I have a, in my toolkit is a hammer to smash those boxes. Um, and I think as long as we're being responsible, asking questions, educating ourselves, developing, you know, a scope of influence that is responsible, especially once we are leaders in a space, we can't just willy nilly, you know, say, this is my new project and we see how those fail. Right. So I think there is a responsibility that comes with it. And I understand the healthy skepticism of the consumer. Like we should be asking questions about these things, but also I'm going to do what I want, how I want to do it. And either you're on board or you're not, I, I will not, um, live an old script i'm always writing the next one yeah yeah i get it um what advice do you have for people who are trying to do hard things you know hard things it could be in personal life new project anything on their like work um i ask this to you because you've done that many many times and when i you know do your peloton classes you talk about it what advice do you have <laughs> well i think confidence is a side effect of hustle I, so the, the, I'm coming out of an empowerment journal this fall and it's called Welcome Hustler. And I think, I think that the word hustle gets a bad rap now, you know? I think you're doing a fantastic, you know, job of reclaiming the word hustle and the, and maybe I would say hard work, which yeah. might have just gotten a bad rap and yeah. just being like, I, you know, I've listened to your, by the way, I highly recommend people listen to your podcast, Ritual, which multiple times, all and the masterclass uh, and the masterclass yeah. and but I love how we are like, hey, if you want something, hard work is a part of it. But maybe you could be like, what does hustle mean to you? Because mm -hmm. it has kind of become a four-letter word. And I think you've I been know. Doing, yeah. Well, I like four-letter words too. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for me, hustle is being willing to define your own finish line, literal or figurative, and then have the work ethic, tenacity, and grit to get there. Undeterred. We bend so we don't break, right? So we still need to infuse elements of self-care and gentleness and ease, right? Like I am 
a hustler's hustler, but I am also deserving of softness, right? And I think that that makes my definition of hustle even more powerful because it does include an element of vulnerability. But also, you're not going to take what's mine. And I will, one of the things um, Dwayne Johnson says that I freaking love is like, you will be, he will be the hardest worker in the room. You like, you will not outwork me. And it's my work to my finish line. No is my favorite, hustle is my second favorite word. No is my favorite word, in fact, sentence, declarative statement. And it is how I protect my yeses. And my yeses ladder up to my definition of success, which I, by the way, I'm willing to change in different seasons of my life and willing to change my mind and accept that fluidity as well. I think the hustle is someone who has the grit and tenacity and the work ethic, which I think is what we understand it for traditionally, but it has to be paired with, you know, what's that analogy folks use a lot, you know, putting your ladder up to the right, up to the right wall. It's like, what are you scaling? And by whose definition of success? And I think that is what takes a hustler to the true next level is being able to define what the yes even looks like um, and where you're even willing to go with that tenacity and, and grit. Oh, gosh, I love that. I think the work ethic tenacity, but I think Dwayne Johnson and very obviously you, you know, I think everything ladders up from hard work and people follow you. It's so obvious, right? Like, and there's so much you do behind the scenes. One thing I've been, when I talk to people really famous or you have a larger than life brand and you have a larger than life brand is sometimes they feel pressure to live up to that brand. You know, you have millions of people who know you in a certain way and it could be anything. It could be the way you look or what you represent. Uh, uh, it could be any number of things. And then sometimes I talk to folks who are like, well, there is that version of me on Instagram, on the big screen or wherever. Then there is a real me. Sometimes they're the same. Sometimes they start diverging and they feel pressure and they're like, okay, how do I kind of get back there? Do you, sometimes even we feel that, right? You know, sometimes, for example, right, we have those podcasts and, you know, maybe we're having a bad day or, you know, maybe we're fighting with each other or maybe something distracting and we have to come on and be, you know, energetic and bring it. Do you ever feel the kind of the difference between Robin NYC and the, the Robin sitting at home going through all of life and how do you handle that? How do I phrase this? I was going to say I'm a shy person. I was a shy kid, right? So it's a, it's amazing to me that I have a public-facing persona and job. Um, but I do think I get my energy solo, silently. I'm not like a huge small talk. I'm not going to like tell you my whole life story in the elevator. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not that. I'm not wired for that. That takes a lot of my energy. So I think um, being honest with, with my energy systems and my energy as currency has been huge and revelatory for me. When I feel most authentic, I'm often most energized. So that's where... It's key for me. Like when I'm committing to my yeses, a brand partnership, a podcast, a, a writing meeting, whatever it is, like it needs to be from that place of yes, because otherwise I'm just showing up as like, like an amoeba in the little mermaid. You know what I mean? Like just some algae under the sea. Like truly, that's how I feel when I'm at my, my, my husband will joke that I am like the energizer bunny and I just will go and then I crash. So I have to be aware <laughs> of what I'm planning just before that crash might happen. Um, so that's the energetic frequency piece of it. But I guess in, in terms of like branding, marketing, PR, public persona, 
Uh, I do, especially as a mother, I try to be mindful of what I'm sharing and how much of the world gets that piece of me. We have shared our daughter. We will share our next baby to an extent, but like, that's also, you know, we've got those humans and their opinions that will come into play. So I am very sensitive to that from the family side. Um, but thankfully I really do live the life that I, that I talk about. It's just how much of that do I share in any given moment? Um, and how am I managing my energy and my capacity for those commitments? Because I think that, um, we're also savvy as consumers and, and both creators and content digesters that it's important that, you know, the stuff that we're putting out in the world feels like truly part of us. So I'd rather not put anything out than just gratuitously just put out nonsense. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, I think we definitely, you know, feel that. I think your point about the energy thing is so... By the way, I think the shy kid part is very common. I was very shy. There's, I think, a very a common pattern where the thing that you're often weak as as a child, you often hone that muzzle and it becomes a strength. So it's kind of a common pattern where I was very antisocial, very shy, and now, you know, I'm very out there. It only surprises people, but it's because you have to consciously work at it. And then you work at it, then all of a sudden you are now ahead of maybe other people are, and then it becomes, it's actually a very common pattern uh, for people to see. Okay, I want to fast forward, say five years into the future, right? Like uh, you're doing amazing at Peloton, you have multiple bestseller books, Swazza Society is, you know, is crushing it. What is, and this is way off in the future, so you're not announcing anything, you don't want to cause any headlines, distant future, right? What is in the, uh, what could you see Robin wears on, right? Do you see yourself in, you know, uh, what kind of projects you'd be like, well, someday, right, that's going to, you know, I'm going to be doing that. Yeah, well, for sure, more TV work, um, as well as, you know, unscripted things. And partnering with high with fashion houses like I have a lot of ideas you know like Pharrell <laughs> Louis Vuitton I see you I'm so inspired by you I love fashion and like the lifestyle space and I want to I want to do more creative projects um that allow people to look good for victory and uh I think a natural next chapter will be you know unveiling a little bit more of my fueling you know i'm a plant-based athlete i have a, a very very committed kind of health practice outside of movement that i haven't really shared and um, so i think that as those partnerships crystallize and really make sense responsibly i think it's really the tv part is going to be so huge uh, i've seen you on tv etc it's fantastic the masterclass i highly highly uh recommend that okay one last question before we let you go i know you have a hard stop you multiple workouts so like i have i i for the record i have zero workouts today so far today this week uh, no, no not this week i've done actually i've been on 12 but okay actually but that's actually maybe the final question which um you know sometimes people look at this and you know honestly they look at someone like you or one of the other instructors and they're like I'm never going to look like that, right? Like, because, you know, my life, and because they have life, right? They have a kid, you know, they don't have, maybe they don't, mean, they don't have access to Peloton, or maybe they just have work, or, you know, all things that life throws at you, and they're a little out of shape, they're kind of sitting in front of a computer, this was me for a long time. Give them us, like, one, two, three things, where, like, hey, just start Start here, here do this. Or eat this, or drink this, or do this every single... What, What's the practice? What is the the basics of the superhero toolkit before you get the bat gift. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So consistent bite-sized nibbles of hustle in the form of movement 
are the most important thing that you can do for your physical and mental health, in my opinion. And replace, I don't have time with, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't matter, you will be relieved. If it matters, you will feel that ping, even that momentary fleeting ping of guilt. And you know, you could have laced up and taken 10 minutes during your next, you know, call. Just take your video off, take 10 minutes for yourself. You are deserving, right? So I think that once we flip the script on how we're talking about these pieces of our lives, we realize that movement is actually fertilizer for the brain. It makes you a better partner. It makes you a better business person. It makes you a better teammate. It makes you a better parent. Um, and yes, we are in turn giving our most valuable resource of time, but what are we getting back in terms of, you know, energy as currency and and, and creativity and all these other things. So, of course, and physical health, but we all know that. We all know heart health, you know, physical health. We all know that. But what if, what if there were like dollar signs attached to it in terms of your capacity for, um, you know, adding life to your years and years to your life? So there's that. A consistent movement practice. Yes, we want to build up to the three or four days a week of, of minimally 30 minutes, but start small. That's why I call them nibbles of hustle. Like when I was still a corporate litigator, I took, I had a 10 minute recurring calendar appointment every day. I already had a movement practice, but for me, the challenge was the creative dreamscaping of how do I get out of this law practice and build something else? I felt completely under the weight of my 80 hour billable hour a week law job, which, you know, any lawyers out there, you know, you're in the office way more than the 80 billables. Um, and that 10 minutes a day allowed me to just plant a seed and plant a seed and keep revisiting the question and keep revisiting the question. And then you realize that you have developed a consistent appetite for this thing that you used to be allergic to. So yeah, consistent movement practice. And let's dig into our sleep hygiene. Do you need that extra Netflix episode? Do you, I know, <laughs> you know, some of this stuff is really addictive. Like, do you really need the TikTok and the Instagram? Yeah. For, like, no, you don't go to bed. Yeah. Say no to the social engagements that you don't want to go to. If you're not, bring, you don't want to bring cupcakes, don't bring yeah. them. Goodbye. See you. Oh, like enough to saying yes to shit you hate. So that's, that's my advice. Oh my God. You are speaking to this man here. Sometimes I like pass out on the bed because I'm so tired. And then I hear some like loud TikTok and I'm like, how are you up? Like, just go to I'm sleep. Like, I'm like doom scrolling. Um, but uh, you know, I have to say, you know, if somebody watches this episode, and they don't feel the urge to get off their butts and get out and do something. Uh, you know, they're not human. Because I, I, I came dressed for this. Oh like, gosh, clearly, yes. uh, I'm, yeah, I'm ready to uh, go. Robin, I know you got to go, but uh, thank you. This is so energizing. You know, Robin NYC, Saga Society, we're going to have all the links, but you're such an inspiration. And Th thanks. This was so much fun. Thank you for making time. Good luck with baby number two. I know it's any day now, so thank, thank you, you so much so for much. just making this time. This is such a lovely conversation. It has energized me into <laughs> my next workout and my, oh my next goodness. slew of meetings. <laughs> right, I, I will get my first workout. This was, I was genuinely amazing. You should come back to this again. This is amazing. Thank you so much, Robin. <laughs>